The following podcast has been paid for by the Drew World Order. Yo, hey. You're listening to the Drew World Order of Wrestling Podcasts, and this is the least professional wrestling podcast. I'm not a professional broadcaster, audio editor, advertiser. Nope, just a lifelong fan who loves professional wrestling and sports entertainment, so I have a podcast chatting about it. This week, we say goodbye to the Thunderdome. Uh, We talk about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Fighter Fest, um, Night One, We also preview Money in the Bank coming up this Sunday, so there's a lot to talk about. You got all of that to look forward to on this week's DWO pod, and we're going to get started with the Drews and Notes segment. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. There are a decent amount of Drews and Notes to talk about. First and foremost, want to say rest in peace to Paul Orndorff. Send condolences to his family. He main evented the very first WrestleMania. Um, so that really can't be understated. Um, I think he kind of gets lost in the shuffle of everything. Uh, looking back... Uh, historically with Hogan and Mr. T and Roddy Piper, especially because Roddy Piper and uh, Mr. T continue their rivalry for the next year at WrestleMania 2. But Paul Orndorff was also in that main event, and to main event the very first WrestleMania is a huge deal. I only know a little bit of his work from going back and watching on the WWE Network and um, watching through the WrestleManias before that. I have a box set that I still have to this day that has like the first 20 WrestleManias um, that came out in like 2004, 2005. It was pretty expensive at that time. Um, Of course, when the WWE Network came along, didn't need that anymore, but I still got it for keepsakes. Um, But rest in peace to Paul Orndorff. Um, More bad news with uh injuries here and that's bailey out nine months at least apparently she tore her acl in training kind of just a freak accident which is a total bummer because she has been um incredible this whole pandemic era she has really found herself especially as an antagonist um just really incredible work um, throughout the whole, whole pandemic era. She was in the tag with Sasha um, last year, excuse me, and, you know, it, her. she had just turned uh, to a bad guy, and um, she, re- she really wasn't um, certain or, or felt like a a solid character yet um but as the pandemic went on she especially in the the performance center era of the pandemic she was a great highlight 
her going on commentary and um, just berating Michael Cole and just being outwardly just totally annoying. Like, the work was great, and then as the Thunderdome came, she got Ding Dong Hello, and that was funny. And it's just, it's sad uh, that now fans are coming back uh, on the 16th with SmackDown that she's not going to be there. You know, it's a total bummer for her because she's somebody who really, really deserves to be in front of the crowd and get a crowd reaction because she's been so good during the pandemic era. Um, I want to say rest in peace to the Thunderdome. As I just mentioned, the crowds are returning on SmackDown this week. So uh, the Thunderdome had some great moments. Of course, it debuted the SmackDown before um, SummerSlam, and then Roman Reigns returned at SummerSlam, and that was the first big Thunderdome moment. Uh, Speaking of Roman Reigns, this past week, I wonder if anybody else noticed this, Roman switched his shirts on SmackDown. So, you know, he always wears that, like, track track suit. Well, he was wearing a black shirt in the first segment, and then he was wearing a white shirt in the last segment. So, you know, a little switcheroo there. That's a, uh interesting little note that I uh, uh, just noticed, and I was like, huh, he changed shirts. Uh, you know, just got to sell a new shirt, brother. You know, <laughs> this one's white. Hey, get this one. There's You got the black one? Get the white one now. But anyway, back to the Thunderdome, um, and just this pandemic era in general, for me, Roman Reigns is probably the standout of the Thunderdome era, um, Bailey was awesome in this Thunderdome era as well, if we're talking pandemic with no crowd, just the no crowd era, I'm giving it to Bailey. Bailey has been incredible this whole, whatever amount of months it's been 14 15 months since march of 2020 um roman was gone for the first six months of that so um and i guess we're almost at 12 months so what's that uh 12 and 6 uh 18 so 17 months um in the pandemic and uh seth rollins was really really good in the um in the performance center era as well he continued along in the thunderdome um he went away for a while um you know to be a father so <laughs> i mean when becky lynch your fiance is giving birth i think that's a good uh, reason to uh disappear for a little bit but consistently who's been on tv the whole pandemic era and has been great it's bailey and there's nobody else that you can say that for I mean, roman was gone for six months uh, Rollins was gone for about a month or so between December and, um, Royal Rumble. And then, you know, Bailey's been there the whole time and she's been great the whole time. Matt Riddle, I guess Riddle, he was Matt Riddle and now Riddle. He's been good during this pandemic era. Um, especially within the last year or so, maybe even six months. Um, he's really grown as a character. That's been one good thing about fans not being there and the Thunderdome and even the Performance Center without the hindrance of the crowd uh, trying to take over the show um, some superstars have really flourished and Riddle is one of those I would say it's been great for Damian Priest as well um, 
he's done a good job. He hasn't had as much TV time lately as he did when he was with Bad Bunny. But a lot of people, it did get, the this pandemic era did work out for some people. And the best one was is Bailey. Bailey, whole, the pandemic VIP for sure. It's just, uh, it's lousy that she got injured right at the end of it. However, she comes back in nine months. What is that? Let's see, around next year's WrestleMania probably, right? Like, because um, six months would be around Royal Rumble. So probably around next year's WrestleMania. Maybe the SmackDown after WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania, whether she comes back a good guy or a bad guy, I think she's going to get a great ovation, which she deserves. And uh, just for all the great work she's done during this pandemic era and then uh, the prolonging because of this injury, I, she's going to get an incredible reaction. And uh, I, hopefully Bailey recovers smoothly. It goes quickly. Maybe she'll be back before nine months. But, man, ACL tear. She's been doing a great job. I mean, maybe she could still be on TV. She could still do the ding-dong hellos and, um, and, and that type of segment. But... You never know now that they're traveling. Who knows if she'll have travel restrictions because of her injury. Um, I don't think you really want to risk anything like that. Um, so, lousy for Bailey, but she's going to come out stronger and going to get a great reaction whenever she does return. Speaking of injuries, The Miz was on the Celebrity All-Star softball game for the MLB. So, this is one of my favorite events of the MLB. I'm a big baseball fan. And uh, All-Star Week, there's the Home Run Derby, which is kind of the star of the show. It's the glitter and glamour, you know, the glamorous event. Um, it's like the slam dunk competition. Um, it gets all the, the attention. Then there's the All-Star Game itself. Um, but there's also the Celebrity and Legends All-Star Softball Game. So that's when, what it sounds like, celebrities from whatever genre... Um, and legends of baseball come to play in this softball game. Um, I'm not sure if it's for charity or anything like that, but this has always been one of my favorite events to watch. It's always on right after the Home Run Derby. They pre-record it, and it's during the daytime, so like nothing really makes sense because it comes on after the Home Run Derby, where which is at night. But The Miz was there. I think he's done the last, like, four or five. He was the MVP of one of them. Um, I think the one in Cleveland he was, which, you know, he's from Cleveland. But he took his injury from uh, <laughs> from <laughs> wrestling onto this softball game, which is great blurring of lines. I don't know if he's actually injured. I don't think he is because as if you've listened to this podcast, you've noticed me talking about how it's, like, weird that he was okay the week after he got eaten by zombies, um, but then like the next week he was in a wheelchair. He still continues to be in a wheelchair on television, uh, on Raw. But uh, at the Celebrity All Star Game, he was walking around, but he didn't play because he said he's got an injury, he's got a bad knee, and he was on commentary for uh, a half an inning, so like a, a segment basically um, in wrestling terms. And uh, he was super entertaining. He was great. And it's just so nice to see this. This is a very, like, old school kayfabe type of thing where it's like, oh, no, I'm injured. I can't play. Uh, I can still come and entertain. Like, 
that's pro wrestling, man. That is great pro wrestling. Uh, I love to see it. And uh, that's going to do it for our Drews and Notes section. So we're, we're end on a positive note. And uh, let's go to even more positive with What Drew Money. In what drew money, I give my favorite moments from the shows this week in wrestling. We'll start with SmackDown. Um, I think I have mentioned this before, but I like uh, Biggie's lounge for when he is on commentary. It's unique. He's got the fridge. He's got the full size couch. He's got the uh, foot bass. It's just a different presentation than the typical sitting in a chair right next to. Pat McAfee and giving his uh, giving his answers to whatever questions they ask him, trying to further the storyline that he's in. Um, on this, he's using a live microphone and uh, he's got uh, earpiece in, so it's not like the typical headset. And it's just a good presentation. It's fitting for Big E. It works for him, and I enjoy it. Something else I enjoyed on SmackDown was seeing Tegan Knox. I'm glad she's on SmackDown after her injuries. This is very well-deserved for her. I think she's a star. She's the girl with the shiniest wizard, Lady Kane. Um, as I said, she's had some issues with injuries, especially within the last couple years um, with her knees. Um, and it's just like a, it was a setback after another setback. Um, she is still on NXT, um, for now, and I'll mention that later on, but for just her being on, on SmackDown, I really enjoy that. I think she, she'll be good on SmackDown, bring some fresh, uh, fresh life to the women's division. And so will Tony Storm. There was a, um, there was a vignette to, um, promote that Tony Storm is coming to SmackDown. These are probably my two favorite women from NXT, um, and now they're going to SmackDown. I'm not sure what is happening, but I am for it. I'm happy with it. Tony, I think, is a big-time star. I love her entrance. She's unique enough. She kind of blends being, uh, if this makes any sense, blends being unique, but still like standard. She still kind of, uh, has like a standard look, but it's a little, little different. It's a little more nuanced, a little more specific and intricate, uh, intricate, um, kind of more of that, like, uh, you know, leather jacket spikes, um, not to the point of Rhea Ripley, um, but a good middle ground. I hope Tony Storm comes in and brings some new energy to SmackDown as well in the women's division. And I think um, seeing her and um, Tegan Knox with Sasha 
Won't be able to see her with Bailey, unfortunately, for a while. Uh, but um, th- those two, Bianca, um, this is uh, Natty, Tamina. This has got a good, um, a good combination for a growing women's division, and I love seeing that. The last thing that I enjoyed on SmackDown that I want to mention is Seth Rollins. He had an interview, and then Edge came by and uh, you know interrupted the interrupted the segment uh, to talk to Seth. But Seth continues to plant the seeds for a title match against Roman Reigns. This is great long-term storytelling. Each week, uh, for the last few weeks, there's been a little bit of a mention of it. So they're just growing it, you know, slowly letting it build. A slow burn. Um, very good storytelling. Um, and with Edge being Roman's opponent at Money in the Bank later on, which we'll preview, um, it was good for him to interrupt what Seth was saying. Um, and Edge basically was like, well, I went and took the title shot. You could have, uh, and you didn't. But, you know, Seth is being patient, and just, this is really, really good storytelling. Um, I really don't know how to describe it other than that. It's high quality, just a little hint here, a little hint there. Eventually, we're going to get this match. Um, It looks like Seth might be the good guy for it, Um, but I'm okay with them both being bad guys, uh, which is weird for me because usually I complain about that. But I think this Seth Rollins-Roman Reigns match, when it happens, will be awesome. And maybe they're building it for SummerSlam. I doubt that. I think there's going to be something bigger for SummerSlam. Um, So maybe for Survivor Series, Seth will be Roman's opponent. But regardless, whenever it happens, I am all for it. Uh, Something else that I am all for is from NXT, and that's Zia Lee going after the NXT women's title. She came out, confronted uh, Raquel Gonzalez this week on NXT. Zia Lee has been awesome since she returned, and she had those VN, uh, the vignettes with the Tiancha, um, and she's this, this warrior. Um, <laughs> she legitimately knocked out Mercedes Martinez like last week or the week before. Um, so I think this is a very solid matchup. I would love to see her win the title. I don't know if she will because I believe the match is just on NXT next week, just on NXT television. But if she does win, I'm going to love it because I've been loving Xia Lee. Um, more, uh, more NXT. The whole side story with um, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis... Um, has been fun. They, they've been doing the last couple weeks just these moment-ago replays. Um, it's not seen on the, the live broadcast. The, the segments will go to commercial and then come back, and then they'll have this moments-ago um, video. This week, okay, well, last week, Dexter came out and uh, took Indy off the apron and carried her to the back. This week, after Loomis's match, um, Indy came out and tried to carry Dexter to the back like he did with her last week, but they fell. 
She fell on top of him. It looked like they were about to kiss, and then Candice LeRae came out, stopped them from kissing, and uh, this is a nice, subtle way to tell a story. You know, Candice being that annoying mom figure or friend figure who's not allowing the uh, not allowing Indy to go after Loomis and um it's just a fun break in it's not a super serious story it's not really a wrestling match story um it's not building to a match it's just fun entertainment um and speaking of fun entertainment well maybe not fun entertainment robert stonebrand Robert Stonebrand, to me, has not been very entertaining, but finally something is happening with them. It looks like they're breaking up. They've been lackluster for a while now. Um, I've just never been into Aaliyah or Jesse Kamea. I don't know how to say her name. Um, or Jessica. I Honestly, I don't even... That's how, that's how much I pay attention to the Stonebrand when they come on, I don't even know the one the one woman's name, which is pretty lousy and uh, uh, crappy of me. So I'm sorry, whatever your name is. Um, Robert Stone's been over the top and funny in some moments, um, and they have had some good moments. But all like the stuff with Shotzi that was annoying. They really haven't done my uh, done much since then. Um, hopefully, wherever this story is going with Frankie Monet, it's more interesting. Um, and really what's been really, really interesting is actually Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, and the whole Butler videos. There was two or three of them spread throughout the show. They were funny. I knew they would be. I said they would be last week, um, after the stipulation was going to be put into place. And, uh, I am all for these stupid little videos. Again, it's a nice break in the action, but this will probably actually lead to another match. So this is going somewhere to a physical conclusion like wrestling usually does. Um, There was a physical conclusion to the U.S. title match on Raw this past week, which I absolutely loved. Um, Sheamus, he finally got cleared, uh, apparently in storyline-wise, from uh, breaking his face um, a while ago with his broken nose. He finally had to face Umberto Carrillo, um, Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville made him do this, um, but Sheamus kind of seemed like he was scheming in this little promo with with Sonya and Adam Pierce. And uh, turns out he was. He ended up beating Carrillo up before the match backstage. Carrillo um, did end up going out for the match because he said if he doesn't go out now, he might never get a chance. Um, the match started, and Sheamus immediately broke kicked him won the match. This is just really good bad guy stuff. Um, and it's a nice way to start a new story with Damian Priest, who aided Carrillo to go out to the match, and then after the match, um, Priest came to help out Carrillo, who was getting beat up by Sheamus. So we got something new here. Umberto Carrillo, unfortunately, I don't think really has much going on uh, for him. Um, him and Garza, I think they're probably more just 24-7 title uh, runner afters, captures. I don't know, whatever you want to call that. Um, but uh, I- I'm excited to see Sheamus and Damian Priest 
Priest, I think, it would be the right guy to beat Sheamus, um, who's been on a tear and win the U.S. title. Um, give Priest something to work with with this title. Um, he's a good guy. He can beat a bunch of people and really build him up and the title up. Because um, I think Sheamus has done a good job with the U.S. title of making it feel like it means something, making it feel like it's relevant because Sheamus has been pretty dominant with that and that helps um, a title. Um, but the most important title on Monday Night Raw is the WWE title. And let me tell you, Bobby Lashley, at the end of this Raw, the very last segment in the Thunderdome, this to me was one of the best promos that has happened in the Thunderdome. Lashley basically was talking about um, how Kofi's correct, um, talking to MVP and saying, you know, we got to get rid of all this stuff, the VIP lounge, the champagne, the women, um, they've been distractions. Everything's been a distraction. And, um, he lost Xavier Woods earlier in the night and he realizes that Kofi's right. These are all distractions. He's got to get back to business, back to the hurt business and just destroy everything in his path. Uh, he completely, um, destroyed the VIP lounge, uh, you know, as a, as a symbol of that. Um, it was a really, really great promo. To me, this was the best promo of the week. It was the best segment of the week. And, um, it was at the end of raw, which usually raw has not had these good segments in a while. Plus it's a good way to get rid of, all of the extra accoutrements to uh, his character that was going on in the Thunderdome so they don't have to keep the women to travel the women around or get, you know, um, extras as women at each show um, now that they're they're traveling and going to live. It was just an intense way to set up the pay-per-view match with Kofi. Very, very well done. Um... I think it was his best promo since returning to WWE. So, good job, Lashley. It was incredible. Now, something that wasn't as incredible but was cool for me was on AEW Dynamite, and that was Ricky Starks winning the FTW title. Of course, he got help from Team Taz. It looks like Brian Cage is kicked out of Team Taz. I never watched ECW. I mean, I've seen a few shows, um... So the FTW titles never really um, clicked with me. I've never really, it's never really meant too much to me. But when Ricky Starks won the title, I had never seen this title get changed before. So it was exciting for me. I just thought it was kind of like a, um, for lack of a better term, a prop um, that, you know, Taz used or, you know, he gave it to Cage to use, um, but it wasn't really recognized. But, you know, this title was recognized uh on AEW the title changed so th this was exciting for me I really like Ricky Starks um I think he's got so much potential he's pretty good on the mic he's good in the ring he's got team Taz to surround him to help him be an annoying bad guy this is a good win for for AEW um a little after that Cody Rhodes came out they replayed what happened last week with malachi black returning or not returning uh debuting at aew and um showing black brogue not brogue kicking uh f i don't know spin kicking i don't know what his finishing move what they're calling it yeah it used to be the black mass with spin kicking arn anderson and then cody cody came on commentary um 
he was very fiery um, about this and how Black should not be um, kicking a 62-year-old man. He could have just made a phone call and they would have made a match with Cody. Um, and then he said he's not getting his point across. I need, uh, give me a microphone. So he grabbed the mic, went on a live mic, uh, went down to the ring, talked to the live crowd. Then Black came on the Titantron. Cody asked him to come out. Lights went out. Lights went on. Black was there. They got into a little brawl. I just enjoyed this because it was a fresh presentation for promo and for presenting um, a storyline. Um, usually it's just like a guy comes out, does a promo, whatever. Um, this was different. Cody Rhodes, he went over to commentary to start his promo and then continued his promo on the live mic for the for the live crowd. Um, plus, I think it was a nice little um, intricate detail, which I'm pretty sure they did on purpose. Maybe they didn't, but Cody was in all white. And, of course, Malachi Black was in all black. Very well done contrast. The light versus the dark. Um, the good versus the evil. You know, Cody's he, he's blonde hair. He had the gold tie, and he was wearing a white suit, white vest. Everything was white. Alistair Black, I mean, his or uh, Malachi Black, sorry. Um, all black. He's got the black eye. You know, black outfit. He's darkness. Cody is the light. And uh, really, really well done segment. Speaking of light and white, the TNT title is now white. I, I like this. I never really felt the black strap fit the TNT title. I think this is better. Um, the red one was fine, but of course that was retired in honor of Brody Lee. Um, then, then they went to the black one, and it was just like, eh, this just looks like another title. It doesn't look special, but now in a, a promo with Miro, he showed that it was a white strap, and um, it looks unique. Uh, it's something fresh. I haven't seen anything, but I'm sure some people probably said, like, oh, this is just AEW copying uh, WWE, because in WWE, all the women's titles are white, and blah, 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 and whatever. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I don't care about any of that. This is AEW. This is something slightly different. Um, and uh, I think this is the fresh coat of paint that the TNT title needed. Miro is going to be a dominant champion, and this is a perfect way for um, for a little freshness. Is, you know, Darby Allen is associated with that black one. The red one I associate with Cody Rhodes and and Brody Lee. Um, so now this white one, maybe it'll finally be something consistent. Miro will be this first white TNT title champion, but this will be the design for the foreseeable future. Um, so that's all of that, all that good stuff for um, what drew money. I'm gonna move on to um, the not so great stuff, and I'll do that in the Drew count. Has he got the fingers locked? No, he got out. I can't believe it. Nobody's ever kicked out of that. The Drew count involves moments that I found to complain about that I didn't really like in the shows this week in wrestling. I mentioned Tegan Knox uh, in uh, What Drew Money about uh, liking how she's on SmackDown. 
But I don't like that she returned to NXT last week and then showed up on SmackDown a few days later. Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm not really sure what what is going on with that. Like, why didn't she just return to SmackDown instead of NXT? Um, maybe she's got unfinished business on NXT, and that's why. But they they really didn't mention it that much on NXT this week. So maybe it's just like a clear like, oh, this person's on NXT and SmackDown. But uh, I don't believe Tegan was on um, NXT this week. Mandy Rose was on NXT this week, though. So I'm not sure how to feel about all of this, the, the blurring of show lines. Um, if it goes somewhere, I think I'll be okay, and I have to give it the benefit of the doubt here. But um, so Mandy being on Raw and then showing up on NXT, not sure what's happening there. Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart showing up on NXT, which that was also bizarre too. So Shotzi uh, and Knox are what they were called on SmackDown. Not Shotzi Blackheart, not Tegan Knox. It was Shotzi and Knox. First of all, they're not a team. They're not a tag team. They've never been a tag team, especially not in NXT. Not sure why Shotzi and Ember Moon didn't come up. They're a team. They're an established team on NXT. Um, then, of course, they lost their names. There's no Blackheart. There's no Tegan. It's just Shotzi and Knox, which I think Knox is a little weird of a name. Um, Shotzi's are right, but it's just like just Shotzi and just Knox. I don't know. Something weird's going on here with these blurrings of lines and with the shows. And um, I, I'm not sure I really like it or enjoy it. Um, but, uh, we'll have to see where it goes, and I'll have to give it the benefit of the doubt. SmackDown, there was a continuity error that I noticed. Seth ripped off the announce table, uh, top in his match with, uh, Cesaro, and then it was back on after the commercial. Um, Seth ended up winning the match, qualifying for Money in the Bank, and as I mentioned in the What Drew Money, um, I've enjoyed what Seth's doing, so... Um, maybe he'll win Money in the Bank. We'll see. I'll talk about that uh, later on when we preview the pay-per-view uh, later on in this podcast. Um, but with the title picture in in uh, on SmackDown, um, it's currently focused on Edge and Roman Reigns. I noticed something this week. Um, it just uh, hit me. I'm not sure I like Edge flipping characters so quickly. So he was a good guy last year, right? When he, and then he returned this year as a good guy to the Royal Rumble. Then he was a bad guy for like a month for WrestleMania. And now he's a good guy again. Um, I, yeah, I'm not sure how to feel about this. You know, I, I'm a big structure person. Um, so that's not for me. Which also was not for me, was on Monday Night Raw, and this is the only thing I have to talk about for Monday Night Raw for this Drew Count segment that I didn't like, was there were two matches in Hour 1, um, and they both ended up in uh, roll-ups. Uh, so Xavier Woods beat Bobby Lashley by a roll-up, and then um, I believe Nikki Cross 
won her match by roll up the the tag match um the one where uh alexa bliss just randomly disappeared and um but yeah that's all i got for the uh two main wwe shows big show i don't know what the call is but for wwe's other show nxt they started the breakout tournament um Giro, i believe is his name um he was in a match but he wrestled in a suit coat and uh i'm not sure what's up with that maybe i'm uninformed and uneducated uh about how he wrestles and if that's how he actually wrestles and that's his character but uh, to me it's different in a bad way so there's different in good ways uh you know like uh tony storm being a little different um even i would say shotzi is different shotzi is a good example shotzi is different in a good way it's not like over the top it's just like oh that's who she is this Giro wrestling in a suit coat looks absolutely ridiculous and he's supposed to be a bad guy i'm glad he lost or he's supposed to be a good guy so i'm glad he lost because wrestling in this suit coat looks absurd um another thing that i don't really like is adam cole versus bronson reed bronson reed confronted adam cole during promo uh during adam cole's promo segment this week I'm just not that interested in Bronson Reed. I don't really relate to him. He doesn't captivate me. He doesn't have the North American title. I guess he's just, like, forgetting about that um, and not asking for a rematch. Not sure what's going on about that. Adam Cole is awesome. Uh, Love Adam Cole. Uh, He's one of the best reasons to watch NXT, but it's just, like, you know, this is not for me. I'm sure they'll have great matches and... um, They'll do well together because um, Reed is is rising as much as I don't really uh, relate to him. But this this match this is uh, this is a match that is not for me. Another thing that's not for me: Andrade and the subtitles. They gotta go. They're embarrassing, especially when you can read them before he even delivers the words. Like that's not a good look production wise for aew i don't think um i get they're doing it because he goes back and forth between english and spanish but like it's not necessary it really isn't um and i think they're being more inclusive about it so in case you're a spanish speaker and you don't know english that well uh you can understand what he's saying and if you're an english speaker and don't really speak spanish that well you can understand what he's saying but the words are on the screen before he says them. And it's like, couldn't you do something like it's like a karaoke thing or, you know, sing-along type of thing where the words pop up as he says them? Don't just put them on the screen before he even says it. Especially at the end of his promo, the last line is there. You know what he's going to say. And then he says it like three seconds later. It's just like, come on, man. This is, this is, uh, this needs some work. Something else that I noticed on AEW was uh, Britt Baker. She is supposed to be uh, an antagonist. Uh, And she comes out of the left tunnel, uh, which, you know, is an indication of that. But Britt is so over um, 
it's clear the crowd loves her. They cheer along to the or chant along to the DMD. Um, crowd cheers for her. She's got to start coming out the 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 right tunnel. Um, she's a she's a protagonist at this point. <laughs> like who doesn't love Britt Baker? She's just incredible. Um, she's the she's the star of the women's division. She's absolutely right about all of that. And uh, I think it's just about time she comes out that right tunnel. It's no big deal. It's her and uh, Rebel can still have their funny little uh, banter and interactions and just be good guys. They really don't have to change much. Um, I don't think she really has to wrestle differently. Um, I think it's just a point of AEW recognizing, oh, she's a good guy now. The crowd loves her. Uh, bring her out because a couple of times especially during the pandemic era people would just turn and there'd be zero explanation whatsoever like this there's at least an explanation like the crowd loves her um with the pandemic like the death triangle were and like eddie kingston they were like they were bad guys one week and then all of a sudden they're just coming out the right tunnel um lance archer was one of these he was coming out the left tunnel as a bad guy and then like the next week he was coming out the right tunnel as a good guy and just didn't make any sense. Britt Baker coming out of the right tunnel wouldn't make sense. The crowd loves her. They cheer for her. They chant along with her. She's a protagonist. Let's just go along with it, shall we? Next thing we're going to go along with is the Redrew, which is my overall ratings and impressions of the shows this week in wrestling. In the redrew, I get my overall ratings and impressions of the shows this week in wrestling, but I don't do star ratings, number ratings, no grades, no letters, no thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I give my own unique twist on it. So I was just talking about AEW. Let's tie up the loose ends with that show. I really enjoyed the the live crowd being back. Um, I know the live crowd was back last show at uh, Miami, but this felt like more of a... a uh, standard wrestling live show. It seemed like it was from an indoor arena. It, maybe it wasn't, but the presentation looked like it was. Um, the, the, there was creative presentations, um, especially with the Cody Rhodes and, and, and Malachi Black stuff. Um, the crowd brought a lot of infectious energy to this show. And so I'm giving this this show the rating of back in business because that's what it felt like. It felt like, yeah, we're back in business, we're back to live crowds, we're back to arenas, and we're back to the way wrestling should be. Now, saying that, SmackDown is moving to live crowds this week coming up um, on Friday, uh, the 16th, July 16th, but... This isn't July 16th SmackDown. It is last week's SmackDown. Um, the last SmackDown of the Thunderdome era. It was a pretty solid show, actually. A very noteworthy show. Um, most of the stuff I mentioned in What Drew Money and The Drew Count, um, that's covered You know, a, a decent amount of the show. There was a lot to talk about coming from this show. Um, so I'm giving... Last week's SmackDown, the rating of the Morning Gazette, 
because it was very noteworthy, very uh, newsworthy, um, and a pretty solid show overall. With NXT, that was also a solid show. I think they did a very good job of keeping me captivated, especially with other programming on that I was interested in, which was the MLB All-Star Game. Um, it was uh, pretty well laid out, put together. Uh, a lot of women's segments, which I enjoyed bu- uh, building the women's division. NXT's got the best women's division in, I think, all of wrestling. So they're using their strengths. Um, the main event was solid with Cross and Johnny Gargano, and of course, um, Samoa Joe getting provoked by Cross, choking him out at the end of the show. It was a good end, uh, not necessarily a cliffhanger, but a nice like, oh boy, gotta see what happens next week. Um, just put the, the Adam Cole big star, uh, Kyle O'Reilly was on it, and he had a little bit of a promo. So you know the stars were accounted for. Um, the women were accounted for, uh, the tags were accounted for, just really, really well laid out show, um, against other programming, and so I'm given NXT the rating of a counterattack, because that's what it felt like, it felt like a good counterattack to the MLB All-Star Game, which was a pretty decent game, um, and, uh, interesting to watch, but NXT, I had NXT on at the same time. Um, I, I had the MLB All-Star Game on a big TV in my living room and then uh, NXT on a small TV in my living room and I found myself watching a lot of NXT live um, instead of the All-Star Game. So good job to NXT. And then, of course, we had Monday Night Raw. I thought this was actually a really good show uh, as a send-off for the Thunderdome and to build to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I'm giving Raw the rating of Bon Voyage. So, goodbye, Bon Voyage, to the Thunderdome. Uh, It's been great. You worked for what you needed to work for. You filled a gap that needed to be filled. The show on Raw felt good and especially left me feeling good and ready to watch Money in the Bank after Bobby Lashley's promo in the main event. So, good send-off. See you later, Thunderdome. Hello, crowds. And let's get to previewing Money in the Bank in the What You Gonna Drew, brother segment. This What You Gonna Drew Brothers segment, I preview an upcoming pay-per-view, and we have Money in the Bank this week coming up on Sunday the 18th, the first live crowd pay-per-view that was not WrestleMania, but I think it's going to be in a sold-out arena, Uh, just like the good old days, Money in the Bank, a perfect, perfect pay-per-view to do this. I'm glad they moved Money in the Bank to July for the reason of live crowds because this a live crowd is needed. Uh, not necessarily needed, but is, is so enhancing to this type of pay-per-view like the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank. Very special pay-per-view to me. Um, really uh, exciting pay-per-view. I think it's 
probably my second favorite pay-per-view of the year. I mean, there's been some great Money in the Banks um, within the last 10 years, especially that 2011 Money in the Bank with CM Punk, John Cena, and that whole storyline, and Daniel Bryan winning the Money in the Bank contract. And it, because it has this Money in the Bank ladder match where... You know, anything could really happen, and that's why the the Royal Rumble is great, too. That's why I love the Royal Rumble and why the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view. So, um, Money in the Bank, definitely my favorite non-Big Four pay-per-view, I guess we should say. I mean, I would even replace Survivor Series at this point, Money in the Bank being more important than Survivor Series, because Survivor Series kind of just seems lost in the shovel. So they're going to have Money in the Bank, and then boom, another big pay-per-view with SummerSlam coming up. Um, but let's get into these previews here. There is a Raw Tag Team Championship match. It is AJ Styles and Omos versus the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. Monday Night Raw has done a pretty decent job of building this match. Uh, I'm not super excited to see it, to be honest. Um, it doesn't really have any bearing on me. I hope the Viking Raiders win. They're the established team they can be the dominant team um and then uh aj and almost can go off into a program for SummerSlam, and almost is the perfect or aj styles is the perfect person to work with almost in a singles capacity um and really get him ready for um superstardom that almost is continuing to build and build and build too um so i would i would have the viking raiders win this one uh sticking with raw the women's championship rhea ripley versus charlotte flair this has been a pretty good storyline actually one of one of the better storylines um actually probably the best storyline on raw when it comes to this pay-per-view that's been consistently built for a while um and has been given time to build rhea versus charlotte Mmm. I would like to see Charlotte win the match, but something tells me that Rhea is going to win. Um, I don't know why. I don't know how, but I think Rhea pulls this one out. But the story has been great with Rhea um, playing dirty with Charlotte Flair. and Charlotte doing promos about, you know, she's grew up as the daughter of the dirtiest player in the game. So there's no way you can outdo her in that sense. Um, so we will see how this one unfolds. Like to see Charlotte win, um, but something tells me Rhea Ripley will win. The singles match for the WWE Championship, also a Raw, Raw match. Bobby Lashley defending against Kofi Kingston. I think Kofi's gonna get destroyed. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say. Raw has done a good job of building this one. Like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, that is eventually going to happen. MVP and Kofi in the New Day were going back and forth uh, for about a month or so before um, Kofi became the the title contender here. Um, so there's been little strings of that throughout Raw, and now the match is actually happening. Um, Kofi's pinned Bobby. Woods is pinned Bobby. Um, Bobby came out, gave that great back-to-business promo at the end of Raw, uh, sending off the Thunderdome, sending off Raw into um, Money in the Bank. And I think Bobby Lashley is going to uh, dominate. Um, no pun intended, because his finishing move used to be the Dominator. But uh, 
I think he's going to dominate Kofi Kingston, and it's a pretty easy pick for me. Roman Reigns versus Edge. This will be probably the match of the night, at least singles match of the night, uh, going to SmackDown. Um, this is the only SmackDown match on the show. That's interesting. There's no women's championship match. Well, they moved the women's championship match because of Bailey's uh, injury. They moved moved it to Carmella uh, out of the Money in the Bank ladder match and into this title match with Bianca on SmackDown and Houston on Friday. So um, there's that. The tag titles. Um, the Mysterios. Maybe they'll add the Mysterios and um, and the Usos to this to this match card as of this recording um that is not on the official um list for matches at money in the bank but the mysterios did just return last week um to help out edge um and um edge and the mysterios are tagging against roman and the usos this week on smackdown so Maybe that match will be added. If it is, I would. I'd like to see the Usos win the titles. The Mysterios haven't. Yeah, it's a feel-good story, but they haven't really done for anything for me for, or for the titles. Put the titles on Usos, and the titles will be in a more um, main event spot. Roman Reigns Edge, good story. Goes back to WrestleMania. Um, you know, both are great. It's gonna be a good match. That's really the most I'm looking forward to. I don't think Edge is going to win. I hope, actually, Roman Reigns wins so that we can eventually get the Seth Rollins match with him. But who knows? I think something more might be on the horizon, whether something happens on SmackDown or something happens on Money in the Bank. I think something big is going to happen on one of those two shows, if not two big things. Maybe something huge will happen on SmackDown and then something huge will happen on uh, Money in the Bank. And um, we'll see a clearer picture for Roman Reigns and his opponent at SummerSlam. Um, but I'm thinking Roman's going to take this, but it should be a solid match. And let's move to the matches that the show is named after, the Money in the Bank ladder match. As for the women, um, it is currently Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalia. And then we are not sure because Carmella got moved out. Um, so uh, there's a TBD. Maybe that will be determined on SmackDown um, this week. Or maybe it'll remain TBD and it'll be a surprise. And maybe we'll see Becky Lynch or something like that. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Becky Lynch returning and winning the Money in the Bank contract. Would she give away her raw title in? last year when she thought she got pregnant that'd be pretty cool wouldn't it um but yeah so there's that um that would be ideal case scenario for me i would love that um asuka i don't think she's gonna win naomi i don't think she's gonna win alexa i think has a chance but she's already been a money in the bank winner so she's lower on the chance level nikki ash they've been building she's been winning a lot which (laughs) which like definitely tells me she's either not winning for sure 
which is this is a terrible take she's either not winning or she is winning like what a bad take that but she's either definitely winning or she is not like nowhere in between like alexa bliss is in between like oh yeah i could see alexa winning but she's already won the match before so you know nikki ash would be like okay she's been winning a lot they're building her uh so yeah i could see her winning the title or it could be like, ah, the typical WWE uh, writing, like, ah, they're building her, so she's not going to win. She's a red herring. Um, Liv Morgan, same type of deal. She's been getting built as well. I don't necessarily see her as a title contender. Um, not to Bianca, but, you know, we'll see. Zelina Vega, I think, uh, is probably the best pick for this. She can go up toe-to-toe against Bianca and... Uh, really build a good story natty as much as i would love to see natty she's already got the uh women's tag team titles i don't see her winning um but if tbd is still there um by the end of smackdown i would not be surprised to see becky lynch return win the match win the contract and uh you know back to superstardom from her uh for her um and her to go face Bianca Belair. That would elevate Bianca Belair. You'll have your biggest women's star back on the biggest show. I think, you know, perfect, perfect uh, alignment there. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match. It is Ricochet, Morrison, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. Now, as much as I would love Seth Rollins to win this match so that he can face Roman Reigns, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Ricochet, I don't see winning. Morrison, I don't see winning. Riddle, I could see as not necessarily a dark horse, but like the up-and-coming star to win because... that's what this Money in the Bank contract is for. It's for up-and-coming stars to elevate them to the next level. Riddle is the perfect person for that. They also have a decent story with McIntyre where he can't face Bobby Lashley ever again. Um, so if McIntyre wins the contract, he can do that at any point. I'm kind of sick of McIntyre being in the title pitcher. So if he does win, which I'll be okay with, I hope he disappears from the title pitcher. He doesn't even try to cash in for a long time. He doesn't even tease it. Get him out into another story. The story with gender is fine. Have him do multiple stories. Let him hold the briefcase for a while. Just as a reminder, like, hey, I'm the Money in the Bank uh, winner, but never tease. Then eventually cash in and win it. One one and done. You know, that, that would be fine with me. Big E is another one where it's like he's building and building and building. He's somebody I can see uh win the briefcase um and really uh right now with my predictions lashley and roman retaining um a good guy's probably gotta win so that's um that's either ricochet who i said no it's either riddle mcintyre e owens or nakamura um so that you know kind of eliminates seth rollins um and kind of eliminates john morrison um Big E's that up-and-comer who I could see winning the briefcase that that would elevate him. I could also see Kevin Owens winning this match. Um, as he said on commentary on SmackDown, he really hasn't done anything, won a title or anything big since like 2017, 2018. 
this would be a good revitalization to him and his uh, WWE tenure. I would love to see Kevin Owens win. King Nakamura, um, I I could see him win, but he's like a very dark horse candidate because um, maybe they're starting to build him again. He won the Royal Rumble in 2018, and then after that, really hasn't been spotlighted after losing to AJ Styles at WrestleMania and, and turning to a bad guy. Um, so now he's King Nakamura, um, so maybe he'll win. Prediction-wise, gosh, this one this one is uh, a little bit tougher. Um, all things considering... You know what? I'm going to pick Riddle. It just seems like it makes sense to me with Riddle and RK-Bro. Um, maybe they'll break up. He's entertaining. He's definitely a threat to Bobby Lashley. It'll build him as a bigger star. I do think with the Money in the Bank ladder matches, one of them is going to win for Raw. The other one's going to win for SmackDown. One of them's going to be... Uh, a protagonist and one of them is going to be an antagonist um, uh, and especially um, for well I guess for Smackdown if I'm picking if Zelina Vega is going to win because there's a good uh, protagonist um, that probably means somebody on Raw will win the men's ladder match and that'll be a protagonist so that limits that to Ricochet, Riddle and McIntyre and uh, I could see Riddle being the guy to win this. So those are my predictions for Money in the Bank. I think it's going to be a pretty solid pay-per-view. I think WWE is really stacking the card for this pay-per-view returning back to a live crowd. And I am very excited to see one of my favorite pay-per-views of the whole year. That's going to do it for this DWO pod. I appreciate everybody... Uh, giving it a listen. If you want to interact with the show, you can do that Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at DWOPod, or send an email to DWOPod at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, do all the things, please, that you uh, do for uh, supporting a show, liking it, following it, subscribing, uh, sharing it, retweeting, sending comments, um sending reviews, rating the show. If you want to further support the show, uh, go to the Anchor page, uh, which is kind of home base, and click the link there, and whatever you put there will be put right back into the podcast. Uh, Be a friend, tell a friend, please spread the word about this podcast if you think somebody will like it because you like it. Um, Just tell them to search Drew World Order Podcast. We're on basically all podcasting platforms. Um, so thank you all for the support. Um, if the only thing you do is listen, I appreciate that as well. I hope we have a great return to, uh, live crowds and new energy, uh, new life breathe into, uh, this world of wrestling, especially WWE as, uh, the end of July, uh, comes through and we move into August and, uh, I hope uh, this listening experience for you and this DWO pod was Drew Sweet.